John. John, hello. You're the one soul I would come up here to collect myself. Mm-hmm. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. welcome everybody to another edition of my bloody podcast have a wonderful show for you today talking about all the horror movies i mean this is probably episode 150 i don't know we we've lost count we stopped counting because we just like that i'm brian kluger and i'm joined by the host with the most the the man who i like to go into hell and fight demons with including Peter Stormeyer, Preston Barta. How are you, sir? Doing well. I'm the Chaz to your Constantine. Heck yes, you are. Uh, I let, Oh, no, we're both Constantine. With more, scre- with more screen time. With more screen time. It's funny. We're, we're talking about the 2005 Constantine movie today on My Bloody Podcast. Because, you know, it's John Wick weekend. John Wick 4 is out, and I believe Preston and myself love this movie i believe it's one of the best action movies it's just i don't understand how this sequels of john wick kind of kept getting better and then the fourth one just blew it out of the water can you believe that yeah especially that last hour is just top-notch filmmaking i just don't know how they do it it's like he chaz uh the director chad not chaz got that chaz still stuck in my head uh, chaz kramer <laughs> yeah good guy good guy um yeah i don't know how he it's like he honed in on what george miller was doing with fury road and just managed to just find the simplicity in john wick even though i feel like the what's always made the john wick movies really good is its simplicity across the board. There's like nuggets of complexity through like characters and things like that and like the world building aspects. But I mean, really, it's just a dude on the run and or a dude trying to get another dude kind of thing. <laughs> a dude playing another dude disguised as another dude. Uh, uh, no, yeah, John Wick 4, so good. We love it. We want you all to go to the theater and see it this weekend. Um, and so with a little tie-in with John Wick 4, we had not discussed Constantine yet on my bloody podcast, which is crazy. And we we wanted to revisit it because I remember both, uh, or I remember myself liking the movie when it came out in 2005. My God, has it been that long? Um mm. And, you know, you see a young Keanu Reeves on screen and this movie's I I love this movie. Okay, so we're going to get into Constantine 2005. First off, this was directed uh, by Francis Lawrence, who made this was like his first big feature film that he did. He was a big music video director. 
uh, at the time. So everybody, like a lot of R&B and a lot of rock, uh, Aerosmith, Backstreet Boys, J-Lo, Brian McKnight, tons of people. Uh, list goes on and on. And so he did Constantine. Francis Lawrence went on to do I Am Legend. And then he went on to do his what he's known for, Hunger Games. He did Catching Fire and then Mockingjay Part 1 and Part 2. And then, of course, Red Sparrow. He's doing, I guess, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. He's returning to his franchise. Uh, and then, of course, I guess it's announced that he's doing the Bioshock movie for Netflix, which is kind of cool. Um, the movie, Constantine, was written by Kevin Broadbin and Frank Capello. And it was, uh, the cinematography was done by Felipe, Felipe uh, Rousselot. I might be pronouncing that right. Music by, of course, nailed Brian. It. Oh, go ahead. I just said nailed it. Na- nailed it. Music by, of course, Brian Tyler. We love Brian Tyler. And then starring an all-star cast, you know, Vertigo DC style comics before DC was a thing. Keanu Reeves, Rachel Weisz, Shia LaBeouf. Tilda Swinton, uh, Dijumon Hansu, who we just saw in Shazam. <laughs> you saw it. Yes, I saw it. Gavin Rossdale and Peter Stormire. Gavin Rossdale, crazy. So, uh, yeah, movie is super fun. Constantine 2005. I remember seeing it back in 2005. I remember reading the, the comics. Uh, I had not owned a comic book store at this time but i was like knee deep in reading them mm-hmm. so watching this on screen with keanu was super fun to me i thought it was dark i thought it was edgy i thought it was a little darkly funny uh it was shot perfectly and i remember like that opening scene you know with uh the exorcism i was like man this is really good mm-hmm. Uh, Preston, do you remember seeing this in 2005 or like later? When did you see it? I can't remember when I saw it. I don't know if it was in the theater, but at the time I was, I had a best friend who was really into the matrix and Keanu and a lot of the comics. And so he was pretty much my connection to a lot of these types of films and especially what Keanu was on. And so I, I think we watched it like one slumber party or something like that and uh yeah he 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 kind of kept me uh up to date with like this is uh this is not like that in the comics but this is kind of cool and so he he was more interested in it than i was um but i i still liked it like i had a good time with it i think it's all the things that you said i think the cinematography still to this day stands out quite well there's a lot of shots in here that are just impossibly good um and if it if the movie were coming out today i think people would be uh, really truly recognizing those aspects of the, the visuals and everything but i think that's kind of what people were focusing on at the time because uh, i think it was critically panned it's like 46 percent on rotten tomatoes roger ebert famously hated the movie i think he, he put it on his like number seven of the worst of the year of, of which that is crazy to me yeah. <laughs> which is crazy you see this movie it's like how is this a worst of list i don't get it because there's so many elements to it um do you 
do you remember, were you a really big Keanu fan at this time? Cause he hadn't really had like, I mean, he was in the matrix and stuff, but do you, he didn't have like the popularity he does now. I, I well, pro- yeah, at the time I would say he was, he was Hollywood royalty coming right, coming off of uh, the matrix. Um, and yeah, I was a fairly big fan. I think at the time I was really into speed and point break. Um, but I, I don't, he did, he didn't quite, he wasn't as cool as he is to me now because of the John Wick movies, which I think are the best things that he's done. But uh, yeah, he was still cool in my book, uh, but he was, he was like an interesting actor. Like my, my mom would be really into his work because of speed or uh, what was the Nicholas Sparks movie that he did. Uh, So he was doing like romantic comedies too. So he, he, he was, he had a lot of variety to him at the time, but uh, now he just bleeds cool. He does. And I'm I'm interested in everything that he does. Yeah. Me, Um, me too. Me too. It's yeah. it's that good. So so the character of John Constantine, he's basically like this kind of rugged, rough dude who can has like this superpower to enter hell and exit hell, send demons back to hell. He can see angels and you know all that stuff. So this character John Constantine was created in 1985 in the Saga of the Swamp Thing, and in 1988 he got his own comic with Hellblazer which was with DC Comics Vertigo label and it was he was created by Alan Moore. Yes, the Alan Moore uh who gave us, you know, Watchmen, the the, the killing jokes, everything. It, so I, I'm curious since we know we love Alan Moore, we love Alan Moore, but Alan Moore famously hates famously hates pretty much every TV show or movie of his work. I'm trying to remember if he hated this Constantine movie. I know he didn't want any involvement with the film so much that I think he left his name entirely off of it. And I think the artist got the the, the royalties from it. Like he got all the money that Alan Moore. That's a strong got. flex, man. That's a strong flex. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I like From Hell. Uh, but yeah, he didn't. But I guess if you're the creator and you 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 know you that that's your baby and you know exactly what it should be and somebody makes some adjustments to it and they made quite a bit of adjustments from what I hear. I know you would know more than I do, and I'm sure you'll get into it uh, with like the changing of the setting slight changes to the character himself you know going from a british character to an american one and uh london to la and things like that but uh yeah you you can say more about that but yeah i guess i i can understand why he didn't want to be involved with it but uh he's probably shooting himself in the foot though because the movie made like Oh, close to $250 million, a rated R horror movie. Like, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's not all dollars and cents to Alan Moore. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so with with Constantine, coming back to it, I mean, I watched it yesterday. You watched it yesterday, probably, right? I watched it this morning. You watched it this day. You watch, I keep it fresh. Wait, wake up at 8 a.m. for Preston and watch his Constantine. That's a baller move. 
That's uh, how I do it, man. My mom, my wife makes fun of me for watching The Revenant at seven in the morning or Blade Runner. It's just like <laughs> my mind's waking up, and I like to take in like crazy worlds at the in the morning because it sets me on a path of creativity. You just like that bear rape scene with Leo constantly yeah. seven a.m. to start your day. <laughs> yep, yep. In the, with my coffee, that's how with, I do it. With your coffee, so. Coming back to it, you, you, I watched it last night. You watched it this morning. Yeah. That opening sequence, you know, mm. there's two opening sequences. There's two cold opens, basically. You see the guy find the the sword of destiny. Um, yeah, the, the scavengers the, in Mexico who are looking across the, the the church grounds, and then yeah, they find the sword of destiny, which is which essentially is the weapon that gave the last the final blow to Jesus Christ. Uh, right right he was he was speared you know it wasn't the crucifixion nailed it type of thing uh that but that op that that first cold open when the guy is walking with the sword and the car just like completely obliterates him but then you see that he obliterates the car and he has like super strength i remember seeing that in the theater and was like damn that that was a jump scare for me even though it's not your stereotypical jump scare yeah yeah because at the time those types of jump scares with the car running over somebody like they did in final destination. They did it in bright of Chucky and those <laughs> moments always get me, but yeah, to see that. And then what the result of it is of him having this superpower as a result of holding that, that spear is pretty, pretty crazy. And, and, and then seeing like what, what sort of powers it gives him as he continues to walk through the desert of like cows and livestock dropping uh, to to instant <laughs> instant death. It's just like really crazy. So yeah, it, good stuff with that. It, it's good. And then the second cold open really introduces the main characters and it's, so I am very biased and I really protective of my exorcism sequences in movies, you know, ever since the exorcist. And I'm, I really want an exorcism scene to work. And in Constantine, it works. It's so good because I'm, it's brutal, it's physical, and it's scary. What, what did you think of this, coming back to this now, this exorcism scene with John Constantine entering the fray and showing like who he is, what he can do? Yeah, yeah I love his, I love his don't care attitude. Like the the moment where he walks into the room and everybody's like scared shitless and he's like, like he's a chain smoker and he sets down his cigarette and the way that it's framed with the cigarette just like like he has this attitude where this is a quick easy in and out I do this all the time this is just another day and the fact that he just sets his cigarette down uh like it's just gonna be over within seconds is like shows a lot about his character and so I love that setup to him and I I love how this is a very different character for Keanu I mean he kind of is always been this like very soft spoken man of few words type but here he gets to like really play an asshole like he's like he's a real jerk has constantly says like is a jerk he's a jerk to uh rachel vice's character like in their first interactions with each other on screen and right uh, 
Yeah. So he, yeah. he's 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 an asshole to everybody, but he he's like a nice asshole. Like he's like, man, it's, it's a guy that's kind of given up on life, and the only thing that he is like keeping him afloat is him trying to get into heaven and not get into hell again. So I, I think with that, he's just, he's just done. He knows he's on his way out and he just doesn't give a fuck. And that's like the great attitude, but with this exorcism scene. that That's why movies like first love, like Takashi Miike, like yeah. that was such an interesting character because he had this knowledge that he was about to die. So he was like, who cares what happens to me? Like I, it doesn't matter. And so that, yeah, that translation or or, or that sort of same type of thing is happening here. And that, that makes him a, a much more interesting character. Which is interesting because, you know, you think that, you know, some people, if they know they're going to going to pass, they would. And, and if they thought or like John, they knew there was a heaven and hell, you would start acting nicer to everybody. Kind of like in This is the End with Seth Rogen. Like, you're just like, oh, we got to be nice to everybody. <laughs> we got to get into heaven. But John or uh, not John Wick, yeah. um, John Constantine. Uh, he just doesn't care. He is who he is, and it's wonderful. And even with this exorcism scene, and I don't think I'd ever seen an exorcism scene until this where it got so physical because usually you're seeing, you know, holy water or a cross putting on the the victim. And they're burning and screaming in agony. But then, like, you see a demon actually try to jump out of this person's body. And John Constantine just straight cold cocks her in the face. Yeah, it's like it's like that scene in Airplane when all those people are lining up to Slap smack woman. that woman. Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's really it's really good. I, I love I love the. The, the progression of that, like it, cause he, you, you sense it in him, like, oh man, this is way more out of my league than I was expecting. This, this, this isn't just like my, my cigarette over there is like gone. I'm going to have to light a new one at this point, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it's so good. And so after that happens, you kind of get a sense of what John Constantine is telling the audience that, this wasn't your stereotypical exorcism. There was a demon that tried to get out into the real world onto Earth. Because usually, as John Constantine says in the film, these demons, they just kind of like to play you like puppets. And then they're gone. They don't try to enter the world because there are rules, man. There are rules. And this one was trying to get out. And, and then that kind of sets the tone for the whole movie is that something's coming something dark and sinister is on its way to earth so from there we meet a character named rachel vice uh that's her who, name yeah her, her not, a, not not the character the actress rachel vice who plays angela who is a police detective in los angeles who kind of is called and it's like her twin sister has just killed herself by jumping off a tall building in Los Angeles. We don't know why. And Angela, Rachel Weiss, is the only character that believes she did not kill herself. She um, she believes was murdered. That, yeah, huh? metaf- metaphysically. Murdered. Metaphysically, yes. So 
now John Constantine and Angela kind of, you know, buddy cop movie it up for a little bit and try to figure out what's going on. And we meet all these crazy half breed characters in John Wick. Or, God, I'm I'm so on John Wick right now. It's John Constantine. How many Johns has he played? That's a great question. We could probably go find this out right now. <laughs> how many John? I'm I'm actually gonna look. <laughs> Because it's kind of like, you know, like how many Jacks and Johns has Tom Cruise played, you know? Yeah. Ethan's. Yeah. Johnny Utah point break. There you go. Jonathan Harker in Dracula. <laughs> Jeez. Way more than I thought there would be. Jack in Speed, Johnny Mnemonic and John. <laughs> I think it's just an easy name. John yeah, wonder, and Generation. Um, I wonder if he dreams as a John or like whoever he, like so. if his wife, like maybe calls him John sometimes too, but she probably didn't like worship his filmography like us, us fans do. So like he, he I, would you say his three biggest roles? He is Ted Theodore Logan, John Wick <laughs> and Neo. Pro yeah, I would say so. Say to okay. say. All right, all right. Oh, wait, what? What's his name in the Matrix? Neo. Well, like, so, uh, Mister Anderson. But oh, it's Thomas. Th Thomas. It's not just not John yeah. Anderson. It's Tom. Tom Anderson. Okay, cool. I was like, oh my god, if he's John there too, what are we doing? <laughs> it's a great question. How many times have you played John? Next question I ask Keanu Reeves when I see him: Do you like playing characters named John? <laughs> And do you see any more Johns in the future? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so going back to the, the John Constantine movie, we just kind of see this universe where demons and hell and angels coexist. Almost kind of like there's like even like a blade type of sequence in this movie where Keanu Reeves enters this bar and there's just like demons feeding on people kind of like in blade where blade walks into the bar and club and sees like a bunch of vampires like there it's that's a cool scene that had to be that had to be like a ripoff of blade right possibly and even that might have set up some ideas for john wick because it because that's like that bar is neutral ground so it's almost like the continental hotel Yes, you're very. It's very true. There, 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 there are rules, and the, the owner of this club and bar is owned by a guy named Midnight, playing by Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight. I'm sorry. Great name. Yeah, Papa Midnight, played by uh, Jaiman Hansu. Hansu, formerly of Shazam, <laughs> uh, and he kind of runs this place where he doesn't take sides. So you can't, you know, you, there, there's no violence in like in the continental in this bar. And John Wick goes to him kind of for John help. Wick. Guess, you know, <laughs> We're going to keep doing John it. <laughs> Constantine, it's going to happen the whole time because I'm, just, I'm into John Wick right now. Yeah. Uh, and I think through this, as the movie goes on, John Constantine is figuring out, wait, I'm about to die. Uh, I have got to do one last good thing and wait, 
all of these demons are trying to come to hell. Why? Why are I mean, all these demons are trying to come to earth? Why? Why is this? And then he finds out that somebody high up has sanctioned this without, you know, without mm-hmm. God's permission, without the devil's permission. And there's a reveal at the end of why, you know, you can talk amongst yourselves if it was a good enough reason. It's not. Uh, a little Nikki. Yeah, yeah, a la little Nikki. <laughs> or yeah, I guess so. I mean, there there is like a little Avengers Endgame aspect to it with Thanos, like his reasoning almost, but uh for ba- basically about people being grateful. So right. uh I thought that was interesting and how it plays out is per- pitch perfect. So let's talk a little bit about Shia LaBeouf. This is Shia LaBeouf kind of before he became the meme he is today. Pre-Looney. Pre, Pre-Looney. And this is kind of like coming off of holes and, you know, his Disney aspect. And he's really good in here. Yeah. Although, I coming back to this movie, I thought he had a bigger role. But, man, he had... Same. Yeah, he, he he's like he's like this the bread of the sandwich here. Like he's he's there in the beginning, then he fucks off for quite a while, like to the point where like, you know, Keon, uh, John Constantine and Angela are running around, and like how is how is he not like cabin them around to do all their stuff? So that's what I was I was curious about because watching this again last night, his character is so big, and I know I remember liking him in the movie. But I, I coming back to it, I, I was flabbergasted that he maybe he has two minutes of screen time, but he yeah. makes such a big big impact because he's almost what he's kind of like our conduit to this world because he is kind right. of a normal person who's trying to help out. But he yeah he wants to help out. Like I love in the beginning, like he because Keanu does this. Also, going back to that early exorcism scene, like what what really made me love Keanu's interpretation of John Constantine is like his first thing that he says to the demon that's inside of the the young girl is, "I'm John Constantine, asshole." I think that's what he <laughs> says, something like that. And then and then Shia as Chaz in the car, just just in the car below, like he doesn't get to sit in on the action. He's just kind of there as the driver. And that's his sole purpose. Uh, No idea how they got together. And that's kind of like what this movie is. There's like, there's not a lot of dots that are connected. You can, you can just sense that there's a history amongst everybody, but this movie isn't so concerned with like, Oh, how did Chaz and John Constantine meet? What's the history between John Constantine and Papa Midnight? You just know they, I I think that's what kind of separates. I will say that that's kind of a, it's cool, but it's also a slight criticism I have with the film because when you watch John, the John Wick movies and things like that happen where characters, they've known each other for a while, but this is the first time they popped up. They pop up in the third movie. Where were they in the first movie? I don't know. But you, you sense that history right away because the characters are so specific that you can just feel that history right away. In this one, you can kind of sense it, but you it feels a little cheap. Like you you want to know a little bit, but you also know that that would provide more expositional scenes. And that's not something that I'm 
necessarily wanting out of this experience because there are moments of exposition in this film but they're done really well like there's a good scene between john constantine and angela where they're walking in the street and he's kind of like laying down what's kind of going on here and then behind them like the lights are going out and it's like uh, producing this sense of dread and so it's re- it's done really well but that that's just kind of what stood out to me um but uh, but yeah. going back to that first scene though with the Chaz and John Constantine relationship, you hear John Constantine tell that exorcism victim, you know, I'm yeah. John Constantine asshole. And then it cuts and to he- Shia Buff, him saying, Chaz Kramer, Chaz Kramer asshole. He wants yeah, yeah. to john constantine so badly and it's funny he's called it's like that taxi driver moment and he's in a taxi where he's like you talking to me you know he's 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 practicing and then with their history like you were saying you know in the john wick franchise but in the constantine franchise you hear like this little bit of dialogue this little nugget of dialogue where chaz tells constantine how long do i have to like you know do this with you you know when can i get my shot so i feel like there was like a a history with like maybe chaz was an orphan trying to steal or do something to john constantine and constantine took him under his wing something like that had to have happened yeah there's kind of like this nandor and guillermo type of relationship with him from what we do in the shadows like Guillermo in that that TV show wants to be a vampire. Like he's he's like a fan. He wants to do everything that he can to, that he can to to help out and uh, impress uh, Nandor. That's very true because Chaz's character like knows all the like the book smarts type of thing in this movie. He's the one that recites all the languages and surprises, and that's just like what we do in the shadows because the vampires don't know shit. It's Guillermo that knows everything. Oh, what a good analogy. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it back around because that's, that was my original point before I went off on that, that slight little tangent there. But yeah, with Chaz, like that, that's, that's the moment that really made me kind of love his character. And I, yeah, I was disappointed that he just wasn't there for quite a bit for it because he brought some of the the comedy to it because the movie, for the most part, is pretty serious. Uh, there'll be like a, a flare here and there of comedy and some like different type of energy. Even though I'm I'm glued, I'm I'm sucked into a lot of the as you were kind of laying down there with like all the rules, this like world building, like this stuff that's kind of going on behind the scenes that most people don't notice, but people like Constantine do um, is very fascinating. And that's what, that's what ultimately makes this a very unique film. I don't think by comparison, I I hate that I keep bringing up John Wick to this, but there's a lot of similarities with this uh, with, as we mentioned with the hotel and things, but just the rules aspect, like I, I, I feel like the world building in John Wick is done much better and you're really glued into a lot of what's going on. And here there's some things that are happening where, yeah, you can think about it a little bit and be like, Oh, that, that was a really cool little tidbit. I would like to know more about that, but sometimes the movie just needs to move on. Um, But uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's still some good things here. Um, I just wish that, 
there wasn't as many frayed ends with it because there are a couple head scratching moments where it's like that doesn't quite make sense but it's really cool uh, like it looks cool i'm in, in but there's just a lot of disregard for things that are happening along the way i would say i i i agree i agree with that um and to bring Shia's character to a, an, an end here, what did yeah. you think about his character and his demise? Like, I feel like it was just, I mean, I get it from the end credit sequence, but yeah, we didn't get a lot of time with him. And it seemed like his death wasn't like, I feel like in an action movie today, what happened to him physically wouldn't have killed him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it it's like a very it's a big moment for him that he he's really showing to John that, hey, I know this stuff. And, and then he's even impressed by him. And so that was like a moment that that could have happened like in the middle of the movie. And then it would have landed a little bit more with impact in the same way that Agent Coulson's death would have in the Avengers movie where you're like, Oh, I like that, that fan. Like he's a fan of the Avengers. I would like, I like that Chaz is kind of a fan of John Constantine and to milk that a little bit more would have sold that, that, that moment of his death a little bit, a little bit better because yeah, like him, him almost, I guess we're just going to keep making connections to the Avengers and John, John Wick, but like treating him like a rag doll, like with, uh, Oh, with, with the know, Hulk, Hulk, and, Hulk and Loki, Loki. <laughs> um, just getting smacked from <laughs> top to bottom. Um, but yeah, I, it, it felt, it felt a little cheap too. Um, but he, he, he still f- kind of felt it a little bit, but yeah. And then what happens uh, d- during the end credits stinger of him getting his wings is uh, kind of sent us off on this, like, oh, what are the possibilities with uh, going forward with this franchise? But I doubt he's shy is going to be in the next movie. Right, right, right. I mean, you kind of hope he is, but we'll see. Um, and now we have to talk about Tilda Swinton playing yeah. the angel Gabriel. Uh, I love Tilda Swinton. She's so good in everything. Yeah. And her as Gabriel in this, even her bit part, her small bit part is so good. What do you think about her as Gabriel in this? I I forgot that she was in this. And so when she popped up with like her, like she's such a chameleon actor. Like yeah. she, she, she's, she reminds me a lot of like Gary Oldman or Johnny Depp to a degree. Like, cause like they put on, they like make themselves look so vastly different from role to role. Yep. And to just like see these, see this like early performance from her is really, really neat. And especially by the end, like what happens after her wings are clipped and she feels pain for the first time and John kind of delivering that one line, like she, I just like, gosh, she's so good at like making the most out of, of, of like what she is giving, even if it's not very much. Um, but she, she does, I would say have a bigger part than Chaz in this. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wanted, I wanted more from her. 
I, I did too, but she 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 worked with it and she did it well. All right, so now let's go to Gavin Rossdale. Uh, basically, you know him as the lead singer from the band Bush, <laughs> and somehow he was in this movie. But he's actually pretty good for the short amount of time he's in it. But what really I loved about this movie is his kind of final scene in the movie where he's yeah. like half practical demon, which yeah. is some of the coolest looking practical makeup that I've seen. Like, I think it's like better than like almost Terminator 2 style like that green goopy demon looking makeup and his like teeth I thought was so good. And he played it so well, Gavin Rossdale yeah shocked what do you think yeah i like i like that this world is showing like these types of half breeds i guess are rock star like they look like rock stars they look like they walked right off the set of american psycho in a way like because like with jared leto and like (laughs) this kind of clean slick look to them um yeah that that whole sequence is really well done and i wish that the movie had done even more practical stuff because that that's a thing with like francis lawrence like the the hell sequences in this are very unique i know that it was inspired by nuclear bomb test footage and things like that like right. it, it it does have a really unique look to it but when you watch it now what is it 18 years later it it doesn't it, it looks it looks kind of fake it looks fake and probably looked fake at the time but it's still like you're still into it like even i am legend kind of had that feel to it with, like- right but i will say that i mean i have some stuff to say about the hell my my critic hat is on about it but what i would say about this hell i think it's one of the coolest versions of hell that is on screen because it is kind of like it it's almost like the wind is blowing. It's fire. It's mayhem. It's a desolate, almost like yeah, Terminator scary. Two. James Cameron sure. nuclear bomb went off. It's it's Mixed very with spawn. Yes, yes. Uh, and then with all you like, you see like this one shot of it going underground, and you see all like the gross, you know, people in hell, humans in hell, like just not enjoying themselves. And then up top, you see up top Girl Scout, you see um, the demons in their The demons look cool because their heads are kind of half cut off. And it's, it's yeah, the way that their nostrils move with like just being half there is really cool. It, it was awesome. And that's what I liked about it. However, I guess my critic had on, you know, OK, so let's say anybody believes in heaven and hell and let's say people like in real life. People believe in heaven and hell, and people believe that God created the universe. The universe. Mm-hmm. So, is it just humans' um, version of hell that we're seeing? Because I feel like if it, if there is a hell and God did create the universe, I'm sorry, we're getting into like this philosophical conversation, but. Wouldn't it be like alien life all in hell too? Like, is it, or is it just for humans? Like, it, but we see, like, of course, Earth that like completely destroyed. It's not maybe, an alien life. Maybe it, there's a Inception type of thing going on there, where there's kind of like in this world, there's a world within a world. But then when they're in hell, there's a hell within hell. That hell, okay. Ways. You're like, yeah, like you, you, you need to be like touched by an alien form to be able to see. Like maybe, yeah, hell's more crowded than we than we think. 
Right. No, of course. And so that's what I was thinking, you know, because like when people who do believe in this stuff, they say God created the universe, not Earth or just humankind. And so I was always curious. And when upon watching this again, I was like, wait, where is is this like a thing or is this just something I shouldn't? This is where my mind went. I had to ask yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, that that goes to show you that this this movie has a lot of things going on that are more fascinating than it than what's on the surface. Right, right, right. Uh, in, very interesting. But, oh, but but that was all a really good uh, stuff that I wanted to talk about. But there, I got so off of what I was talking about originally with Gavin Rossdale's character. But th- I, my original point was that I f- that there's a lot of cgi stuff going on here that was very popular at the time because it just kind of exploded with so many big movies using it star wars included it was 2005 yeah yeah so um it 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 kind of has like you feel conflicted about it like it you're still buying into the world because the kind of stuff still has this like rock star appeal to it and as you said like it's a really unique version of hell and it is scary because I don't want to imagine being pulled into that world. I wouldn't be as nonchalant about it as John Constantine would, but I guess because that's his livelihood now he's used to it. Um, But I wouldn't want to be pulled into that. I'd be having nightmares constantly, but um, yeah, I just kind of wish that there was even more moments in the film where it had, practical effects like they had with Gavin Rossdale because even with Satan at the very end with Peter Stormare playing him like that image sticks in your mind outside of just his performance him like being levitated with tar on the bottom of his feet is really scary and like a, a haunting image and I wanted more moments like that throughout the film because they they flexed really well with those two moments with Gavin Rossdale and and Peter Stormare as as Satan. Right, right. They really did. And it, oh, it's so good. It, this movie's so good. Okay, so let's talk about before we get to like my favorite character in the movie, Doctor Satan. We have to talk about um, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Um, this is a guy that you've seen a lot in movies um he's a bigger guy usually plays a bit part and his his character yeah he he, his eyes his eyes can like uh move really fast you know he was in jacob's ladder mississippi burning identity um nurse betty bird box uh and then he's in this movie as um as Father Hennessy, he's like kind of like the the preacher who drinks and kind of helps John Constantine here. Uh, he's great in this, but what I loved about him, uh, or like that sequence that I thought was so scary to me, was his eventual death in the liquor store. He's yeah. trying to drink liquor and nothing would go in his mouth, but he ends up drowning within his own body. I yeah. thought that was genius, right? Yeah, yeah. And nothing really more to add there. I just just see seeing the wine bottles after he tries to drink it and then puts it back in on, on the shelf and you see it pouring. Like that's a 
that's a scary situation to be in, but yeah, they, they handled it really well. Um, really interesting character too, like from like the setup of, of him early on. And then uh, like these little moments with him, like he has in the morgue where he storms off um, just kind of selling what kind of person he is. And yeah, that, that the way that he goes out is probably one of the scariest of, of the film. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's uh, it's pretty it's pretty great. Um, and then now we have to talk about uh, the the one, the only Peter Stormeyer, who, of course, you know, you saw him in Prison Break. You you saw him John in Wick that too. Yes, you saw him in there. Armageddon. Uh, you you you've Big seen Lebowski. him in a lot of stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So also, he, also a character actor, but a really damn good one. Right. And he plays Satan himself, who does not show up until the very like the final climax of the movie for like five minutes. And, you know, he goes through all of his names and he has some jokes, but I God damn it. I missed it every single time until last night when I watched it, when Keanu Reeves, when John Costine calls him Lou. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's so good. But I've said it before and I will say it again. Michael Keaton was robbed of an Oscar for multiplicity. He was robbed of an Oscar for Beetlejuice. Peter yeah. Stormeyer was robbed of an Oscar for playing Satan in Constantine. He brought it 250,000% to this movie playing Satan in not just his delivery, but his physical acting performance. Jesus, yeah. I see so good in this movie. Yeah, I love the way that he gets like, behind john constantine and he's talking in his ear and it looks like he's about to bite off his ear or lick it i don't know <laughs> it's really cool it's really cool i did notice that too and how it, i mean i'm trying to think of what uh the director of constantine um Francis Lawrence was telling Peter at the time, he's like, dude, you hate this guy so much. You have to physically show your hatred for John Constantine in this, in this, in these five minutes. We have to see that there is an entire history between you two in five minutes. And he delivers. It's yeah. crazy. Like the way, because when you think of Satan, you know, the, the kind of like the Christianity version of Satan, you know, you think red pitchfork, red everything. This version of Lucifer comes down in an angelic white, all white outfit and his feet. Like he owns are, a club. Yeah, he, he owns a tattoos like George Clooney from Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> yes. Uh, and his feet are dripping with tar, uh, which is so cool. And his eyes are you know, they almost want to bleed red and tar at the yeah. same time. He's been up for too long. And I love that Lucifer is into the rule plane here too. Like he goes by the rules. Mm -hmm. uh, and when he sees John in his, his interaction with John Constantine is just so ferocious and like sexy all at the same time. Like it, like, Preston said, you don't know if they're going to fuck or fight in this scene. We don't know. <laughs> and in this moment, John Constantine is playing chess. Like he is knows yeah. what he's doing by 
getting Gabriel in the end, because at this point, Gabriel reveals like she is the one that is bringing all the demons. So yeah, can kill everybody on earth and the survivors will realize that God is real and love and be grateful. And so, and then with the reaction to Angela, Rachel Vice's character, and then him himself, because, you know, at the beginning of the movie, John Constantine is told he's going to die any day now from his chain smoking. He has cancer. So he's kind of in this head in this moment. He is just, he's, he's playing chess. He's getting everybody the good ending. And this, like, legitimately, literally, and metaphorically fucking over Lucifer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, the coolest like little sequences in film of John Constantine dying, mm-hmm. going off to heaven to the pearly gates, and, and giving the middle finger, down, giving the fucking finger to Satan, which brought me to this is end. This is the end with Franco and Seth Rogen. I was like, no, don't d- d- don't be too cocky. You might be. <laughs> stuck yeah. back in hell like james franco yeah <laughs> but it's not no of course not he's not gonna do that to 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 lose he's gonna do that to lucifer and that was that was so genius and that's when lucifer when satan grabs him takes keels him takes his moldy cigarette stained lungs out is like i yeah. i'm gonna get you you know like you you cannot escape this yeah, and you're gonna you're gonna live yeah, it's brilliant, right? Like that is like yeah. brilliant operatic filmmaking in Constantine, right? It yeah. pays off. Yeah, it's the moment that like your relationships kind of complicated with the movie along the way where you like stuff, you're like, oh, I'm not sure. That is the moment where because in the end, like the the movie doesn't have this huge like setting, like set piece or anything like that. It's in a bathhouse. And for it to just have those things happening within it, it makes that feel more grand than it does if you were just to walk in there and be like, okay, so this is this is where everything's going down. Um, okay. But then yeah, because they because of what Peter's doing and what Tilda's doing, there it makes that it really sells that that moment to feel massive and explode um so yeah yeah like he he definitely makes it's the moment of the movie really it it really is oh god it's so good i could watch that scene over and over and so now we have to talk we have to bring this back to john wick uh constantine back to john wick because there there's a couple like action sequences in this movie but the main action sequence at the end is totally John Wick. It is Keanu Reeves with a giant ass gun that's like something out of Hellboy. Yes. And how the movie is shot going through like 30 people killing them with like an overhead tracking shot of him taking out people. Yeah. That's John. Why is John Constantine like John Wick, Preston? Why? Because I think. Because Keanu has uh, some creative say in what, what happens in the John Wick movies. And I think he recognizes the most interesting bits of the characters that he's played in the movies that he's been in. And I guess Chaz was Chaz his uh, Chad, not Chaz. 
uh, Chad Stahelski, the director of the John Wick movies and who was uh, Keanu's stuntman in The Matrix. Was he his stuntman in this? You know what? That's a good question. I can look that up really fast um, because I'm curious myself. But it uh, wouldn't surprise me if that was the case just because it it does feel like almost kind of like a similar scene like they were they were doing that i'm i'm going through it where are you stunt people man there's a lot of visual effects in constantine good god stunts okay uh i'm not seeing chad in here no i don't see him in here oh no don't fuck me, right? Chad Stileski, stunt double for Mr. Reeves, uncredited. <laughs> well, there you go. IMDb proved it. That's uh, They've been together for so long. Well, there you go. There, There's where some of that, that inspiration came from, and they executed it so much better in the John Wick movies. But that is a really cool moment of it's almost like a disappointment that there's not that raid type of music playing in it during that that part because the music in this movie is just kind of like uh it's like generic it's fine but uh they do have like one perfect circle song in there to kind of make you feel like oh the music's kind of good in this (laughs) right when they get in the bar for the first time right yeah no it is great and so watching this again did you notice all like the billboard signs and like the bus ads the the chevy stuff yeah the chevy stuff and like got faith and you know stuff like that i was like oh man like you know they're having fun with it yeah yeah In in a kind of like subtle wayne's world kind of way without really like if you're watching the transformers movies like you can just totally notice like oh that is like an obvious type of thing but they're not having fun with it they're just putting it there so what do you think about keanu reeves role in this movie like what do you think about his performance like i love it like i think it's one that's one of my favorite performances of of his because because he because because he is playing like we were saying at the top like this charming asshole type yeah you know and he's so good because he's usually not that character (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he, yeah like like he like he still kind of has that uh like i got this figured out but there are moments like we said in the very beginning with the exorcism like he he's in over his head a little bit like he you can sense it on his face where he's kind of shocked and he's like oh shit this is this is a, a bitten off more than i can chew and uh i can't always be this Clint Eastwood get off my lawn type of person. And I, 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 you could just, you can sense more of the humanity in him versus the superhero that he is in the John Wick movies. And I, I love his character in the John Wick movies. I think I love that he is a man of few words and he says, yeah. And, it, and you can't help but laugh. Um, but here by comparison, he's more of a human in this. Right, right. He is. Uh, and that's pretty he he is. He's he's so good in this. And so, you know, a sequel had been started to be talked about back in 2011, but as um as most recent as September of last year, Warner Brothers is developing a Constantine sequel with Keanu set to return in the lead role and Francis Lawrence to return to direct. 
um, J.J. Abram is set to produce as well. So I'm very curious uh, about kind of where this is going. I mean, I guess it's set 20 years later. It will be set 20 years later, something like that. Yeah. And which is a good thing to do because there's that 20 years difference that they discuss in the in in, in this movie in the 2005 film because he because when he tried to commit suicide it was 20 years ago and so that's right. just kind of an interesting uh poetic kind of touch there yeah no it's it's really cool i hope they do it because i think this movie is begs for a sequel like and especially with visual effects where they are today keanu where he is today and what they could do, because technically Peter Stormeyer could still be the devil. Yeah. Tilda Swinton can still be Gabriel as a human yeah. trying to get back. And Shia LaBeouf can be the angel, you know, if they want to bring him back, if he's kosher enough, you know. Uh, I don't Ooh. think we need uh, Rachel Weiss back. It could be somebody else. Yeah, it could be. But I do. I just, I just like her a lot. Um, and I miss miss her from like having well i guess she dodged a bullet with the third mummy but just seeing like her in, in black widow uh that that solo movie like she was really good in that part and i think she can kick ass with uh these 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 action roles and i would like to see more opportunities for her to do that and so yeah i want i wonder if she, like where is she at as a detective now now that that uh she corrected everything the the everything's good and kosher what what is her life now or is she like hardcore like uh sarah connor because she knows that this alternate world really does exist and she went there too which was cool too and so now now i just like oh my god so if we're talking to have rachel vice and we're talking about having keanu reeves in it can we get brendan fraser in there at some point please can we yeah he'd be He's going to be Satan's son. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. Oh, my God. How great would this be a good reunion for everyone? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And just having like some sort of dark humor about a mummy in there would be so good. I mean, I'm just I'm just God. Could Preston and I write this, please? We we have good ideas. I, I just want a fourth mummy movie, too, because we have all those actors have like gone on to do like big things they all have oscars now with michelle yo and brendan fraser and then i think even this same year in 2005 rachel vice won an oscar for the constant gardener right but which is kind of funny that she was in a movie i've been like thinking about that as we've been talking like how many times i've said constant throughout here constant 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 gardener constantine Constantine. uh it's it's crazy uh what the fuck is going on with all these john characters and constant movies in your filmography right but like you're saying so many people from the mummy and so many people from the from constantine they're huge now and then coming back 20 years later which it seems like they're going to do with the sequel to constantine i'm so here for it like this this could be something right yeah especially with like with Peter Stormare as an older Satan now, like 
Because, you know, with these like vampire movies or like movies where they're the character just like doesn't age, are they going to like de-age him as Satan or are they going to make him look like the rugged kind of person that he is now as he looks in John Wick 2? I would hope so, because I mean, you know, you think about it and you're just like, man, they must have had such a fun time. Peter and Keanu on Constantine that they they got him for John Wick, too. It's like we got to. Yeah. We got to get back into this and it's just so oh my god it's so good yeah I, I i love it uh so with with closing out uh this my bloody podcast episode of constantine i th- i mean the right now it's got what 40 percent on rotten tomatoes how does it have 40 percent? this needs to be way up there people need to revisit this and rewrite yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, uh, especially with the second one coming out, especially even now, like I noticed a lot of my friends on Letterboxd have revisited Constantine because they're in this like Keanu kind of moment right now where they're watching a lot. Because even us on our other podcast, Fear and Loathing in Cinema, we're going to do the replacements yes. as our upcoming episode. And so uh, Keanu's a really great actor. Like he's just very cool and he his projects that he picks are are always interesting even like his romantic comedy type of stuff like that that i haven't seen it but that movie that he did with i guess the second movie that he's done with winona writer uh did you see that that one that's on netflix i saw this clip of them like having a moment where they think they're going to get mauled by a mountain lion and they're having this like funny back and forth. I haven't seen the movie, but like just even that his short little bit where he pops up and, uh, Oh God, what is that movie with, uh, another Netflix movie where he's like in there for a, a quick second. I have I'm to trying to remember. Oh, uh, oh shit. The, with the, Ali Wong in it. Yeah. Ali Wong. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Oh my God. What is that movie? Uh, always be my maybe. Yeah. 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 So he, he's he's having fun man uh he 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 showed up in like the spongebob movie he was in toy story 4 like the guy's having so much fun he's enjoying life and uh so i I, i'm down for all these picks that he's that he's having uh as as an actor and a creative no it is good and uh, go watch constantine again it is better than you originally thought like it, it it's scary it's funny and it's got some great action scenes and like watching it again, like the camera work is just out of this world. Like it's so good. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of like low angle stuff that's going on. And and like I was mentioning earlier with Rachel Weiss, when she has that, that dream sequence of her twin sister, Isabella, like the way that she's getting pulled. Now my mind's just running like crazy with the scene that she gets pulled through all the walls. But I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah How did they film that? Like, that's like him just running through walls and like, that was perfectly shot and edited. Yeah. Yeah. The, the editing in this movie is really good too. Yeah. Oh my God. Constantine, go watch it. It is, uh, it's on HBO max, right? Yeah. HBO max. HBO Max, go see that, and also go see John Wick 4. If you can see it in the IMAX, please go see it in the IMAX. Trust me, the first three seconds of John Wick 4 in the IMAX, you're going to say to yourself, I'm so happy I'm in the IMAX for this. Yes, yes. And the last hour, good God. In the last hour. (laughs) It's so good. But yes, Constantine, go go, rewatch it and let us know what you thought. 
Uh, we are My Bloody Podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, we'll be back next week with another episode. I'm Brian Kluger, HighDefDigest.com, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, YouPorn. Look me up, Brian Kluger. <laughs> uh, and uh, Preston Barta over here at the Denton Record Chronicle. He's at freshfiction.tv. He's Blu-ray Dad on Instagram and Twitter, Preston Barta. Look him up. See, see both of our interviews with Keanu Reeves on YouTube. They're super fun. I just posted mine again for the release of John Wick 4. And for I should podcast. I should bring mine back up. I just shared the picture that that I had, which was like one of the last photos that I took with a celebrity before I realized like that's not a cool thing to do. <laughs> but right? it was fucking Keanu Reeves. How do I not do that? Yeah, how do you not do that? You have to do that. Uh, so go, go check those out. We'll be back. Um, we're in, be sure to follow us and listen to fear and loathing and cinema podcast. We will be doing replacements. We just did. What movie will we just do pressing? That's out right now. Is that podcast in the can? Like is the it podcast done? is out. It is good. It is Kazam. Hell yeah, dude. We're we're on a roll with these like good movies from that are in the rear view mirror. Like yeah, so check out our most recent episode of Fear and Loathing in Cinema is Kazam. We do one. Uh, I think you're gonna laugh uh, during it because we sure did. But we love yeah. that movie. So yeah, thank you again, My Bloody Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next next week. <laughs>